Amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Come on. Thank you, worship team. I'll tell you what, that was powerful this morning. That was some awesome, awesome worship. They did a great job. And um, hey, if you got your Bibles, I got something to share with you this morning. And um, take your Bibles, go to 1 John chapter uh, 5. And, you know, I just feel this is just, this is just a side note. I just feel like the Lord's saying this. If you've, been, if you've been struggling with something in your life, getting something done, whether it's at work or something, I just feel like the Lord's saying this is, this is supposed to be effortless. Life is supposed to be effortless, not that there's no work, but there's no toil. It's not supposed to be spinning your wheels. He's got, he's got good things in store for you. You just need to rest in him. Does that resonate with anybody this morning? Just, just, let, it, just let it sink in for a minute. He's got, he's got good things in store for you. He's got good plan for you. You don't, have to, you don't have to worry about it. Stop worrying. Amen. That's just a side note. I don't know where that came from. I, came from. I know where it came from, but I don't know who it was for. But 1 John chapter 5. I'm going to start here this morning. He says, whatever has been born of God. Well, let me back up to verse 1, because I, I don't know if you like being called whatever, but you're whatever this morning. Verse 1, he says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah has been born of God. Are you with me so far? So that's, that's you, right? You believe in Jesus, you've been born of God. You've been born again. Everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. Okay, so now listen, verse four. Whatever has been born of God. Look at somebody and say, you're whatever. If, you're, if you've been born of God, you, you, fit this, you fit this verse here. You're whatever. Whatever's been born of God conquers the world. Listen, can you imagine God having a child well, Jesus, and him not being victorious. Can you imagine Jesus not succeeding? Can you imagine Jesus not conquering? Whatever has been born of God has conquered the world. I think we gotta start here just for a second because I think this is the disconnect. You're not recognizing where you're from. You're not recognizing who you are. Whatever has been born of God conquers the world. God doesn't have any loser children. He doesn't have any kids sitting in the basement when they're 35 playing video games. He's got everything that's born of God conquers the world. That's, so who are you? You're whatever has been born of God. You've been born of God. You conquered the world. And then he says this, this is the victory that's conquered the world our faith. Your faith was given to you by God. Listen, God, it says in the word of God, God's given each man, each person, the measure of faith. You were given faith by God, and that's how you got saved, right? For by grace are you saved through faith. So you were given faith, otherwise you wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't you wouldn't be a believer. You wouldn't be born of God, but you were given faith to believe in him. He gave it to you. But he didn't just give you faith to get saved and sit in church and do nothing. 
He gave you faith, it says, to conquer the world. Because whatever has been born of God conquers the world. How do we conquer the world? With our faith. I want to talk to you about this this morning, that sometimes we go through things in life and we face situations and they seem intimidating. Have you ever been there in, in life? You're facing something and it just seems impossible. It seems intimidating and it seems it, there's no way to get around it. I, I like watching these survival shows. I don't know if you ever watched some of these. We've been watching one. My wife and I have been watching this survival show and they drop people off up some place ridiculous in, in the Arctic or someplace like this, you know, and there's, there's nothing and there's, there's nothing around. There's no, there's no, it's just trees and it's just wild animals. And they've just got a couple little um, things. Maybe they've got like a little bow and arrow or they've got something and it's really, it's nothing. And they're out there in the wilderness and they're just, a lot of them are just afraid and they're scared and they're building little shelters and they're trying to survive and I notice a lot of these guys, they start hearing things at night. Sometimes there's things out there and sometimes there's not. But it can be intimidating to be, to go from the top of the food chain to the bottom of the food chain, you know? And, and suddenly they're hearing things and they think there's a, there's a bear outside, there's wolves outside my house or my shelter. And they start freaking out. And a lot of these guys, they'll, they'll call and say, come pick me up, I'm done, I'm getting out of here even though there's, they, they haven't been eaten by a bear yet, but it's the fear of being at the bottom of the food chain. You know, and, and I thought, but if they gave some of those guys a rifle, now they go from the bottom of the food chain back to the top of the food chain where they belong. And now instead of running away from the bear, they're gonna run toward the bear because they've got, now they're not scared anymore. Now they know they've got some power. And now they're gonna be eating bear all winter long because they've got what they need. They've got the power that's made them greater. Listen to me, you feel like you're less than. You feel like you've been put down. You feel intimidated when you look at something, but listen to me, greater is he that's inside you than he that's in the world. You've, got, you've been taken back up to the, the very top of the food chain. You don't have to be afraid of anything anymore because Jesus has put his Holy Spirit in you. And whatever has been born of God conquers the world. You are not at the bottom. Jesus didn't come to leave you at the bottom. Once upon a time, man was at the bottom. But Jesus came to lift him back up to a place where he can dominate. God sent Jesus in this earth to take you back up so that you can dominate things in your life so that you can dominate situations and circumstances and demonic forces and whatever might be coming against you, sickness or any other thing that might come against you, Jesus meant for you to dominate. You with me? I remember stepping into a, I guess it was a sparring area, a little, wasn't a boxing ring per se, but it was a little area where the people would spar and I was with my kids at a karate class, right? And I don't know, we took them to karate for a little while. It was, it was interesting. And so the kids would fight. And I watched the kids fight and I think, I wanna do that. I wanna get in there and fight with them. I could fight some of those kids. And I, I, I joined the class for a few weeks. And I, I said, I, I, wanna, I wanna get in here. And the instructor said, yeah, come on, you're gonna fight me. I said, no, I don't wanna fight you because you're, you're scary. You're a black belt. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna, and he said, no, no, you're gonna fight me. I, I wanna fight one of the kids. No, 
come fight me. I told you this before. And so I had to get in and, and spar, and he, he beat me up pretty good, and I went home with my eyes swollen. I couldn't see anything. But I, I was at the bottom. But listen, it's no fun to be at the bottom. God didn't come to leave you at the bottom. He came to take you to the top. You've been taken to the top. So he says, whatever's been born of God conquers the world. Now, listen, I looked this word up, conquer. You know what the word conquer means, but another, another way you can say it, another, um, in the Greek, another translation is subdue. Subdue. Whatever's been born of God subdues the world. And this is the victory that subdues the world, our faith. So listen, you've been given faith to subdue some things in your life. The devil thinks he's a winner, but you've been given faith to subdue him. This reminds me, go to, go to Genesis 128 because it reminds me, the word subdue, it reminds me of what God told Adam back in the very beginning, Genesis 1. Verse 28, it says, God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and do what? Subdue it. And then he tells them to rule. First, you have to subdue before you can rule. Subdue the earth and then rule over it. And he tells them to rule over every, everything that's in the earth. But before you can rule, you have to subdue. So God put man in this situation, and he told him to have dominion over the whole world, didn't he? Hang with me for a minute. He told Adam, have dominion over this whole world. Subdue the earth. What that means is there were some things in the earth that weren't quite right. Now, God made the earth, and he made it good, and he made the garden good, but there were some things in the earth, and I can think of some things in the earth that weren't quite good. The devil was in the earth. He was already there, wasn't he? You see him come in, slithering into the garden. So you know the devil was already there. If the devil's there, he's already me- he-, he wants to mess some stuff up. So what does God tell Adam? Go subdue this thing. You get this thing. You go, the whole earth is yours. You get it in line. If there's something out of line, you use your authority to get this thing back in line. That was, that was what God told Adam. Subdue. So if the devil comes against you, subdue him. If the devil's twisted some things and perverted some things in nature, or so, you subdue that thing and you tell it to get right. That was what God told Adam to do. He didn't do a very good job at it. But that was what he was told to do. He was created to dominate. Now listen, how was he supposed, I've said some of this before, but I'm gonna say it again. How was he supposed to dominate? How was he supposed to, supposed to rule the earth and, and subdue it and all this? He was supposed to do it with the same thing that God created the earth with. God created the earth with his mouth, with his words. The words were released and things were. Adam was given authority to rule over this earth. How does a king rule? He, hey, get in line now. And the soldiers get in line or else, you know, that's the the authority. He just says it. So if Adam saw something that wasn't right, get in line. See, Adam was made like God, wasn't he? It says that Adam was made in the very image or what, likeness of God. He wasn't made God, but he was made to operate on God's level. Are you still with me? Because I'm talking about you. I'm talking about your faith today. 
Because see, God created Adam at a higher level than anything else, and he created him at a level where he could, he could rule. He designed him to rule. He designed him to dominate this earth. Adam lost it. But Jesus came and he gave everything back to you. And then he says, this is the victory that conquers, that dominates, that subdues the earth, your faith. So he puts you back to a higher place where he expects you to operate at his level. Whoa, come on. God expects you to operate on his level, not the world's level. God created you to come up a little bit higher. When you, be, when you were born again, you got a new nature in you. You got some new things inside you, and you're created to come up higher so that you can operate on the very level of God. So look with me. Go to Romans chapter 5. Can you throw that up there? Look at verse 12. Hang with me. This is important. Now, I'm, I've been talking about your faith for the last however many weeks and I'm, I'm wrapping it up, I think. But in Romans 5, verse 12, he says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, who was the one man? Adam. And death through sin. In this way, death spread to all men because everybody sinned. Go to the next one. In fact, sin was in the world before the law. But sin is not charged to one's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression, but he was the prototype of the coming one. So listen, death reigned. Because Adam sinned, death reigned over the world, didn't it? But now look what happened when Jesus came. Go to verse 17. Since by one man's trespass, one man's sin, Adam sinned because of that sin, death reigned through that one man, how much more? Well, those who receive the overflow of grace, this is you, it's talking about, and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. You've been created, and in fact, the Amplified Bible says, reign in life as kings, or reign as kings in life. You were created to reign as a king in this life. God intends you, see, when you were born again, you were meant to reign. That means if you're reigning, if you're ruling, there's nothing that should be over top of you. And I, and I don't mean people, I mean, I mean situations, I mean circumstances, I mean your health, I mean, I, mean, I mean demonic forces. There's nothing that should be over you. I'm just feeling under the weather. What are you doing under the weather? Get on top of that thing. You're not supposed to be under, you're created to be over. Okay, oh, the devil's just been after me all week. Well, get after him. You're not supposed to be under the devil. You're supposed to be over him. You were created to rule, to dominate, but you got to subdue some things. There might be some things in your life you got to start subduing. You got to bring it into submission. Oh, the devil's been after me. Get him in submission. You beat him if you got to. You've got authority. Okay? You talk to him like, like Jesus talked to him. That's how you're supposed to act. Okay, go to 1 Corinthians 15 just for a second. I like this one. It's written, the first man became a living being, but the last Adam, that's Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. 
but the spiritual is not first. The natural is, and then the spiritual. He says the first man was made from earth, the earth. He was made of dust. Everybody who's born of Adam is dust, okay? But like the man of dust, so are those who are made of dust. Now, those who have been born again, like the heavenly man, are those who are heavenly. And just as we've borne the image of the man made of dust, we'll also bear the image of the heavenly man. Listen, you're not like the man born of dust. You're not just dust in the wind. Dude, you are, you have been born of God. You are like the heavenly man. Come on, what's the heavenly man like? We read this last week, as he is, so are we in this world. What's the heavenly man like? You are supposed to be over, but it's your faith that's gonna take you there. You gotta learn how to use your faith, to walk in faith, to live by faith, because that's the only way you're gonna ever be who you're supposed to be. It's the only way that you're gonna ever live the way you're supposed to live. You can't do it the world's way. You cannot do it the world's way and succeed. You have to do it his way. So it's time for you to dominate, amen? I want you to go this morning. I wanna talk about, for the next few minutes, this familiar story, David and Goliath. And I know you know the story. I got in trouble one time sharing this story with my son who was about four years old. And I gave him all the graphic details of this story because I didn't like, I think we were reading one of the little children's Bibles and I didn't like it because I said, this isn't right. This is not how it happened. Let me give you the real story. And he, oh man, his eyes got big. You can talk about cutting off the giant's head and, you know, and I, I maybe elaborated a little bit that like David was holding up the head and blood dripping down his arm or something. And, and he went to Sunday school and shared that, or the TNT, and corrected the teacher, I think. So, um, yeah, there it is. But you know the story. But I want you to see it this morning from this perspective of you facing situations, you facing things in your life that you're supposed to be dominating over. Because this giant, this Goliath, showed up every day for 40 days, taunting Israel's army. And I wanted somebody who was very tall to come up here and, and stand next to me. But it, it, you want to come up real quick, Zacchaeus? He does. I can see he does. And, but it's not, even, it's not even a comparison. I mean, how tall are you? Six, he's just a little six. Three. How much? No, you don't have to say how much you weigh. Come on up next to me. But... Six, six, three, Goliath was nine foot, nine inches. So we need to add another, another three foot, six inches to your, okay, and probably something, something at least close to that, and David was probably a little bit smaller than me. And if you can imagine this guy coming out every single week or every single day for 40 days and taunting Israel and saying, come on, send one of your people to come fight me. Just send one of them, and we'll fight whoever wins, and he's just taunting. In fact, the Bible says his, his armor weighed, just his armor weighed 125 pounds, and his, his spearhead weighed 15 pounds. I can't imagine 
throwing that very far, okay? And that's, that's what this guy was. And then in front of him, there was an armor bearer who was walking who probably wasn't a small man either. And so this guy was intimidating, and he's calling every day for 40 days. And you know what Israel is doing? Just sitting in, in fear, cowering in fear, trembling in fear. And that's, that's the world. And that's, that's the world without Jesus, is cowering in fear every time the news talks to him and taunts them. Look what's going to happen to you next. I mean, we're seeing it, aren't we? The world is living in fear. They're, they're hiding in their houses because they're afraid. I don't want to go out. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to breathe on somebody. I don't want, and we're so afraid. We're cowering. That's the world. Thank you, Goliath. I just wanted you to see the guy's built for battle. And sometimes you face things in your life that seems so intimidating, and it may not be, it may not be a, a virus, but it might be something else. It might be a work situation. It might be something going on in your health. It might be something going on in your marriage or your family or your relationships or whatever, and it just seems so intimidating. It's all you think about at night. I bet you every single one of those soldiers every night went to bed thinking about Goliath. And I bet you when they woke up in the morning, he was the first thing on their mind. And I bet you when he came out, in fact, it says when he would come out, they, they, those guys would go hide. They were scared. And maybe you've had something in your life that just scares you. And I don't know what to do. And this is so intimidating. It's so intimidating. Listen, you were not made for intimidation. You were made for faith. You were not made to be, to be overcome. You were made to subdue and to rule. But you've got to learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. You've got to learn how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, not the voice of the enemy saying, be scared. Look how big I am. Look how intimidating I am. I'm going to come get you and making you afraid at night. That's not how God's people are supposed to live. Listen, I'm talking about your faith today. Let me read this quote by Dr. E. Stanley Jones. I don't know who it is, but it sounds beautiful. Let me read it. I am inwardly fashioned for faith. I'm inwardly fashioned for faith, not for fear. Fear is not my native land. Faith is. I am so made that worry and anxiety are sand in the machinery of life. That's so true. You ask, you ask some health professionals what worry will do to you. It will destroy your body because you were not designed for worry. You were designed for faith. I live better by faith and confidence than by fear, doubt, and anxiety. In anxiety and worry, my being is grasping for breath. These are not my native air, but faith and confidence is. A John Hopkins University doctor says, we don't know why it is that worriers die sooner than non-worriers, but it's a fact. But I, who am simple of mind, think I know. We are inwardly constructed in nerve and tissue, brain, cell, and soul for faith and not fear. God made us that way. To live by worry is to live against reality. Listen, you were designed for faith. You've got to start living by faith. When the enemy comes and speaks against you, you stand up by faith and talk back to him and tell him where to go. Amen. Now listen, Saul's army, like I said, they're sitting there for 40 days. And Saul was a man of God at one point in his life. Saul had the anointing on his life at one point. He had faith 
in God at one point in his life, but he lost it, didn't he? And so there he is. You see what a person becomes without faith. You see what a person becomes without the anointing. You see what happened to Saul. But here you have David, by contrast. He comes into the camp and he begins to hear some of these things. And he's got the anointing now on his life, doesn't he? He's been anointed by Samuel as the king of Israel, even though he was just a young man. And he went back out after he was anointed. You think, oh man, he should be going to the throne. He should be going to the palace. He should go somewhere. He went back out to watch the sheep with the anointing, the kingly anointing upon his life. But listen, he began, he was learning how to function in that anointing. He was learning how to function by faith. And he says, when a lion would come against me or a, bear, or a lion or a bear would come against the sheep, I would, I would just take it and grab it by its beard and kill it. He'd punch it. These, Matt, tell one of these survival guys, hey, it's okay if you see a bear come against you, just grab him by the face and punch him until he dies. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, you're crazy, you can't. But that's what David did. Why? Because he was operating in his anointing. He was operating by faith. Listen, faith will take you places that the world can't even imagine. Faith will let you do the impossible. Hey, it's impossible. You can't grab a lion and punch it. In the, well, with faith, you can, David said, I can run through a troop or leap over a wall. He began to understand what it was to walk by faith. He had the anointing on him. Listen, I want you to catch something today. You've got the anointing on you. You have the same anointing that Jesus had on your life. The Holy Spirit's in you. He's given you faith to conquer the world. You've got everything you need. All you have to do is start believing and acting on what he's given you. Listen, listen to this scripture. Can you put this up there for a second? John 17, verse 10. And Jesus, he's praying for his disciples and he makes this statement. I read this the other day and it just, it just made me pause for a second. He says, he says to God, again, Jesus is speaking. He says, all my things are yours. Everything I have belongs to you and yours are mine and I've been glorified in them. So what Jesus is saying is, Lord, everything you've got, everything, well, first of all, he says, everything I've got is yours. And let me tell you, I think this is like a lot of Christians, they'll say that, Lord, everything I have is yours, right? We used to sing this old country song at this church I was at, I'm yours, Lord, everything I've got, everything I am, everything I'm not, I'm yours, Lord. And we, sit, we, we, even, we sing these songs, Lord, all I have is yours, but we stop there. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said, everything I've got is yours and everything you got is mine. Listen, there's a, there's a trade here. There's something going on. It's sowing and reaping. Now, I know what you're gonna say. Well, Jesus said it, but aren't you a joint heir with Christ? Are you or not? So he said, Lord, everything I've got is yours, but everything you got is mine. You've got the same deal. Hey, Lord, you got to start there. Everything I have is yours, but then everything you have is mine. Every, what does he have? He's got everything you need today. It's found in him. Everything he has belongs to you. Listen, you don't have to believe me, you do, but, but if you do, it belongs to you. You don't have to believe me and you don't have to have it. 
Or you can have everything he's got for you. Everything he has is yours if you can receive it. So David, for however long it is, maybe it's years, he's out there watching sheep. And look at what he says to Saul when Saul hears that there's a young man who's got some faith. It doesn't matter that he's just a young boy. He's not even a soldier. He's not even been in the battle, a battle before. He's never even used a sword against an enemy. He's never been in a fight. But he hears that there's a young man who's not too afraid to go stand up to the soldier, to the Goliath. He says, okay, come on, bring him on. We got somebody who's not afraid. And he brings him to Saul. And Saul says, and David says in verse 34, your servant's been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came against them, I went after it, I struck it down, I rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I grab it by its first strike it down and kill it. So listen, here's what David's doing. He's already exercising his faith. He's exercising his faith with the small things. It was just a sheep. You know what I would have done? Goodbye, sheep. I'll, I'll tell your mama what happened. We'll tell stories about you. I'm not going to go rescue it. But David was exercising his faith in the small things. You know what you've got to do? Start exercising your faith in the small things. Well, it's not just, it's just a headache. Start exercising your faith in the small things. Well, we're just a little behind. Start exercising your faith in the small things. You can't expect to use faith for big things when you won't use it for small things. Come on. So what's David doing? He's sowing. He's sowing. He says, I'm going to sow my faith right now. I'm going to sow and I'm going to, I'm going to rescue sheep because I know one day I'm going to be used to rescue Israel. He knows his anointing because God's spoken to him. He had the prophet speak to him. He knows what's going to happen in his life. And so he's beginning to sow in the small things. Look, look at verse 32 for a second. Back up just a little bit. When David said to Saul, don't let anybody be discouraged by Goliath. Your servant will go fight him. Listen, so here's what he's telling him. Don't let anybody be discouraged. Your faith, you should have enough faith for the people around you when you need it. Sometimes you, just, you don't have enough faith for yourself. You should have more than enough so when you go to work and people are discouraged and they don't know what's going on and they don't know what's going to happen, you can say, look, don't be discouraged. I'll, I'll use my faith and take care of it. Now, they're going to have to use their faith at some point in their life too, but you should have enough faith for other people too. Now, listen, Israel in their history was terrified of these giants that's what kept them out of the promised land, wasn't it? For 40 years, they had to wander in the wilderness because when God, when, when it, Moses sent the spies into the land, they came back and they said, we cannot take this land, there's giants. And we look like grasshoppers to them. And they were too afraid to take the land and go in and do what God had told them to do. So they wandered in the desert for 40 years. And now here it is hundreds of years later and there's another giant. But God's using a little boy to beat the giant. What does that tell you? Those things that the whole army was afraid of, there's, a, there's some giants up there. God can use a little boy to fight the giant. Listen, you see how big God is. 
because it wasn't, it wasn't that little boy's strength that was doing it. It wasn't that little boy's accuracy with the slingshot that was doing it. It wasn't, it wasn't his ability to fight a lion that let him fight a giant. You know what it was? It was God in him. See, you don't need anything but faith. You don't need anything but faith. Your faith is going to take you into your future. Your faith is going is to allow you to take the promises of God. Your faith is going to make your family whole. Your faith is going to be what you need in this last day, in this hour. All you need is your faith, but you better start using it. Look at verse 38. David had his own military clothes, assault rather, had his own military clothes put on David. He put a bronze helmet on him and he put on his armor. David strapped his sword over the military clothes. He tried to walk, but he wasn't used to him. He said, I can't even walk in these. I find this so funny because do you know Saul wouldn't go out and face the giant? But when David said, he'll go, Saul said, here, take all my armor. Take all, I, I don't want to go do it, but you take, you take my armor and go do it. Listen, the world has ways of doing things. Catch this this morning. David was going to go fight the giant by faith, and the world says, well, here, take this, and take this, and take that. You're going to need this. While you're out there, you're going to need that too. And the world has its way of doing things. But listen, you're not going to do things the way the world does them. You're not going to live the way the world lives. You're not going to talk the way the world talks. You're not going to think the way the world thinks. You're not going to do this the way the world's going to do it. The world's got weapons. The world's got armor, things that will keep you safe. Oh, if you, wanna, if you want safety, you better make sure you invest in the, this thing. Or you, wanna, you want safety, you better make sure you do, okay. The world has its way of doing things, but that's not going to keep you safe. You know what's going to keep you safe? The word of God of faith. That's going to keep you safe. You know, the world's got, their world's got weapons. They got ways of doing things, of advancing their agenda and all this. And you better do things the world's, no, no, no. If you want to succeed, you better learn to do things God's way. Jesus said this. I didn't give you this scripture, but in Mark chapter 8, verse 15, he says, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. Beware of the yeast. He told his disciples, he told his disciples after they had talked to some of these people, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. And you know what he was telling them? The, the Pharisees are going to tell you about religion and how to do things religion's way. Don't listen to them. Herod's going to tell you, look, he's talking about political. I, I, you know I'm not political. You know we need to pray for our leaders. I know we need, we need godly leaders in place. But my, my salvation does not come from politicians. My salvation does not come from my government. My salvation does not come from religion. My salvation, my hope comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Come on, we're not gonna do this thing the world's way. He is our only source. When David stepped out on that battlefield, he wasn't gonna get the victory because he was using Saul's sword or Saul's armor. He was gonna get the victory because he was doing it by faith. God was gonna get the glory. But you got to start learning how to do things God's way. You only have one source. I heard of a, a pastor. He went, 
he was, he was trying to grow his church. That's a good thing. And he was going to, he heard about different churches that were having success around the country and he would go visit one. And he would come back to his church and try to replicate exactly what they were doing at that church. And it didn't work. And he went to the next church that was having success and he tried to replicate exactly what they were doing. And it didn't work. And he went to the next one and it didn't work. And finally, he heard somebody say, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit and he'll show you what to do. And he thought, oh, I should do that. And he listened to the Holy Spirit and things began to work for him. Why do we try to complicate this? Just believe the word of God. God wants to make you successful. He wants to, he's put you in a position so that you can rule, the positions so that you can dominate, you can take submission over some things in your life, but you gotta start learning to do it his way. Amen. You might be believing God for something today. Maybe you say, I'm believing God for a, a, a financial breakthrough or some healing in your relationship, in your marriage, maybe your health, whatever it is. The world will tell you what to do. The world will tell you their advice. They'll tell you their wisdom. But God tells you a different way of doing things. God tells you how to do things his way. If you need, if you, if you have a financial need, the world says, well, you better start saving. There's wisdom in that to a degree. But if you, if, you need, if you need, you better give. Well, that's counterintuitive to what the world says, but that's how God says to do things. If you've got a need in your life, you need to sow into somebody else's life. But I, but I have the need. No, but you, first you need to sow. You see, it's activating your faith. Let me close with this. Verse 45. David said to the Philistine, he walked out to face the giant. He said, you come against me with a dagger and a spear and a sword. I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You've defied him. Today, the Lord will hand you over to me. Now listen to what he tells him. There's some thought that went into this statement. There is some thought that went, this is not just David talking off the cuff now. He says, today, the Lord will hand you over to me. Today, I will strike you down cut off your head and give the corpses of the Philistine camp to the birds of the sky and the creatures of the earth. Listen, this is not just David talking trash. He's given some thought to this and he's already seen the victory in his mind and in his spirit. He's seen exactly, he knew exactly how he was going to go about it. He told him, I'm gonna cut your head off. See, you see what he was re doing, he was rehearsing in his mind and in his spirit, what he was gonna do before he did it. He was rehearsing the victory before he saw the victory. Before he saw the victory in the natural, he could already see it in his spirit, in his mind. And he's rehearsing it over and over. So when he goes to face the giant and that giant begins to speak against him, the giant despises him, the giant talks down to him. And he, and he what, do you, what am I, a dog that you've come against me, little boy with a stick and, a, and some rocks? And he, the same giant that intimidated Israel for 40 days begins to speak against this young boy. But that boy could not be intimidated. That boy did not run away. He did not cower in the face of that giant. Instead, he looked at him and told him what he was gonna do. It's already been revealed to me. I'm gonna strike you down and I'm gonna cut off your head. You know what sword David had? He didn't have a sword. That's a pretty bold statement to say, I'm gonna cut off your head. With what? 
find a sharp rock if I have to. But he, he, saw him, he told him exactly what he was going to do. And I'm going to give all the bodies of the Philistines to the birds of the air. And then all the world will know that Israel has a God. And the whole assembly will know it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. He'll hand you over to me. Stand up with me. Listen to that statement again. The whole assembly will know. All of Israel is going to know something. It's not by the sword, because he didn't have a sword. It's not by spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. He came out to fight that giant with one thing. He came out to fight him with his faith. He used his faith and the anointing to fight that giant. You need to use your faith to fight some things in your life. Maybe you got something that's been coming against you. Listen to me now, I'm talking to you. You think about it. You think about what's, what am I facing today because God wants you to fight that thing with faith. I'm not saying if, if you have a health issue, it's wrong to go to a doctor. You can go to a doctor, but you can go in fear or you can go in faith. You can, whatever you're facing today, you face it with faith, believing that God's gonna make a way. So David says, I'm going to strike you down and cut off your head. You know what he did to the giant? He did exactly that. He struck him down. He cut off his head. In fact, it says he carries his head back to Jerusalem as a trophy. That's pretty, that, they cut that out of the children's story. It seems integral to the story. But listen, what did that represent? A boy killed a giant. A boy killed, it's all you need is your faith. All you need is your faith. There's nothing that can stop you. God puts you on this earth to rule. He gave you your, your faith to dominate situations. You start speaking to some things like David spoke. When the enemy comes against you, you say, no, 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 devil. I'm, a, I'm coming after you now. You better start running because I'm coming and I'm going to cut off your head and I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. You start speaking with some faith today. Amen. Bow your heads just for a moment. I want to pray for you. Maybe somebody today, you're going through a fight. You're going through something today. I want to pray for you. But before we do that, maybe there's somebody in this room or you're watching online today and you say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I know we've been talking about faith. But listen, God gave you faith. You might say, I don't feel like I have much faith. No, he put faith in you. You just need to direct it towards him. You maybe have faith. You have faith in some things in your life. You have faith in, in this, this world system or something, but he's put faith in you. You just need to direct it toward him today. And maybe that's you and you say, I need, to, I need to make my life right with the Lord. I need to give my life to Jesus today right where you are. Just raise your hand and we're gonna pray for you. Or if you're watching online today, I want you just to agree with me and pray this prayer. Just say, Jesus, forgive me my sins and come into my heart and make me a new person today. I give you my life today, Jesus. I put my faith and my trust in you. And I believe that you are the Savior and you're saving me today in the name of Jesus. Maybe for the rest of you, you're, you're facing something in your life 
you're going through something, you're going through a battle, if that's you today, right where you are too, I just want you, maybe just everybody in this room, you're going, maybe at some point in your life, you're going through something. Let's just put our hands up and receive this right now. But especially today for those of you that are facing something specific in your life, you're facing a, a tough situation, whether it's you're with work, somebody's facing some things today that are, it seems like it's a giant. It seems like you're looking at a giant. You don't know what to do and you feel overwhelmed. It's all you can think about. You go to bed at night and you think about it. You wake up and you think about it and that giant is taunting you. Listen, I feel the Lord saying, use your faith today. You might feel like I don't have, I don't have much faith, Pastor Dave. I just don't have that kind of faith. Yes, you do. You just need to begin to use it. You begin to speak it even if you don't feel like it. Don't worry about what you feel. I'm not talking about your feelings right now or your emotions. I'm talking about your faith. You begin to speak it today in the name of Jesus. Release it today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for each person today. Lord, I thank you for faith that's rising up in them because we are only going to be able in this day, in this hour we live, to continue to live by faith. Lord, we need faith rising up in us today. Lord, I just declare over each person the faith of God is rising up. Lord, I declare miracles today. If anybody in this room, if you need a miracle from God, whether it's in your family or your, your, your finances or your body or anything in your life, you receive it right now. Lord, we thank you for miracles to manifest today. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, needs are met. I thank you, Lord, healing has come. I thank you, Lord, we're walking in perfect health. We're walking in love. We're walking in all that you have for us today. Lord, we're dominating. Listen, if there's something in your life, though, you need to take authority over that thing and dominate it in the name of Jesus. You just release it right now and say, Lord, I thank you that I'm going to dominate this situation. And it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by the spirit of God. It's by the faith that you put within me, Lord, that you're able to do it. It's not by sword that you save, but it's by the hand of God. And you're my source. And I trust you, Lord God, to do this thing that you said that you would do. I believe you, Lord, to make a way where there seems to be no way. Lord, I thank you. Have your way in us in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for blessing each person today.